one of the, my mantras that I made up in, in my time being a college athlete is bake or burn. And mm. so you bake or burn. So like at some point you're going to hit that adversity and I call that the fire. And so you got to decide, is that fire going to bake you? Is it going to make you into something greater than what you were before? Or is it going to burn you? And the difference is how you go into it. Hello and welcome to another episode on the Well You Mental Training Podcast. I'm Ami Stratton Belanoff and I'll be your host today. We're going to hear Tim Harrison's story on how self-awareness, introspection, and curiosity has guided his successful path through athletics and academics. We're honored to have Tim on the show. Tim is a 6'8 forward and plays Division I basketball for Rice University, where he's a senior with a major in psychology, in which he has done research in the area of diversity and discrimination. Not only is Tim a gifted athlete, but he has been on, been on the Conference USA Commissioner's Honor Roll all four years, and in 2019, he received the Scholar Athlete of the Year Award representing men's basketball. Prior to joining the Rice Owls, he led Francis Parker High School in points, rebounds, and blocks as a junior, and was inducted into the Francis Parker Hall of Fame. He was the San Diego All-Star Dunk Champion and was the first team All-League CIF. Outside of basketball, Tim is the president of the Black Male Leadership Initiative, an affiliate for the Door Institute for New Leaders, and plans to write a book on personal development. And Tim has written and produced music, one of which is the hook that you're hearing now. It's a must listen to. We're excited to hear Tim's story and hear his knowledge on his path as an athlete on and off the court. As you will hear in this episode, Tim has a ton of introspection and knowledge to share. And make sure to check out Tim's song, In the Rough, at the end of this episode. I'm underground like miners, but I'm bound to make it major. I've got a gym inside me, I was made for something greater, so I'm searching for my purpose. Cause the diamond under dirt is worthless, barely scratching my surface. I'm in the rough, far from perfect, but certain I'm gonna make it. Willing to pay the price. Tim, hey, welcome. How you doing? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for the introduction, man. So I've been playing basketball pretty much for as long as I can remember. Um, ever since I was like two or three, I was in a rec league. Um, and then maybe when I was probably in elementary school, I got picked up by a travel team. We traveled a little bit more. And then I started traveling to places like L.A. and Las Vegas and whatnot. And it was a lot of fun. And so I just kept pursuing that. But there's one moment I, I remember in eighth grade, um, I went to school called Horizon in San Diego. It's, uh, it's no longer there, but the high school coach was Coach T. And he, uh, me and him were close. And we were walking to the gym one day. And he, he asked me, like, you know, what school would you see yourself playing for? Something like that. And I was like, wait, you think I could play Division One basketball? You think I could play in college? And he, and he looked at me kind of puzzled. He was like, wait, yeah, like, duh, almost, you know? And just him seeing that belief in me, like, made me think about myself differently. I never really, like, thought about it before. But I think ever since then, seeing it as a possibility, I just shot for it. And I got kind of more well-known as a freshman, and then I started getting offers my sophomore year, like New Mexico, UNLV, and schools like that. And then eventually, you know, by the time it was my senior year, um, Bryce was in the picture, and um, I just like a lot of things about it. I like the the academic rigor as well as the coaching staff and the program, so I, I pulled the trigger and, and committed there. But, uh, yeah. So, eighth grade, you're not even thinking collegiate ball. You, I mean, it's a conversation you have in a hallway that sparked a lot to do with where you're at now. Yeah, that just helped me 
start to think um, in that direction, you know, seeing that as a possibility. Now that's something that you can aim at. You know, I think I was always just good at basketball, but I had no real gauge. I just like it because it was fun. And, you know, apparently I was good at it. <laughs> so and yeah. I was just out there, you know, trying to have fun with my friends, but it wasn't until eighth grade. That's when people get a lot more serious. And I hit my growth spurt. And I started getting more athletic. I started dunking in eighth grade too. And that's when, you know, you start hearing things about, you know, high school is wanting you to play for them. And you start seeing people that you know that are getting recruited. And so that you you open up to a new world. And I think that's important for our listeners. Uh, you're a six eight forward. So how did height and your growth spurt play into all this? Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, basketball definitely helps <laughs> to be tall. Um, <laughs> I think that one of my things is I was, I was a skilled big. You know, I was never super heavy or or big. I was, you know, I was a skinny kid, especially especially in middle school. But I was athletic and I was skilled, so like I had a good footwork and I was quicker than most bigs and I could shoot a little bit, so that gave me an advantage. So yeah, definitely height was very helpful um for me and our, our listeners all know that uh you were the san diego all-star dunk champion uh, yeah way back when so so basketball propels you into this uh next level um you're in the recruiting process and you're getting schools you're getting looks but there's a whole other piece to you with basketball besides just the basketball it's, it's the academics and the other side can you speak to that in terms of how you were pursuing next level basketball. So um, when I was getting recruited and I was getting these offers, you know, it came to the point where, all right, you know, provided I stay healthy, I'm going to be getting a scholarship. I'm going to be playing basketball. And so um, academics are always very important to me. I always saw the big picture. It's not just about, you know, playing basketball at the highest level and, and trying to play, see how far that can go. But it's also about setting yourself up for life. You know, it's not just a four-year plan, it's a 40-year plan. And so I figured if I'm going to get a full ride to an institution, then I'm going to choose, you know, one of the top institutions, academic institutions that I can. So that was always my goal. Um, and so that, that's kind of part of the reason that I uh, prioritize going to school like Rice. So when you're, when you're going through this recruiting process, you know, a lot of our listeners, they may be going through a recruiting process or they're, they're, they're starting it or, or they're reflecting on it. You know, the, the concept or the, you know, the word pressure comes up a lot. Expectations, pressure. What was that like for you? No, honestly, I'd say I am pretty self-driven. Like, obviously, I have very supportive parents who, you know, provided the resources, take me to practice and whatnot, and I had some great coaches around me. So I knew I had support, but it was ultimately my decision. I never felt like anyone was trying to steer me in a certain direction, you know, obviously other than the coaches who were recruiting me. But I felt, you know, pretty secure in um, what I was doing, and that was my decision. And for your, and you know, for the listeners again, I mean, there's, there are a lot of coaches that have different agendas. There's different values and cultures within each program. Is there something that kind of grabbed you that helped you make a decision as to where you're going to spend the next four years of your life and, and then launch into, you know, the, you know, the world after that? Anything that stood out or what were you looking for? Yeah. So I was looking for the best combination of academics and athletics. Right. And so, um, when it was said and done, you know, the final schools, you know, Bryce was in there and I, I went ahead and took an official visit and it felt right. And so, you know, I committed. And so, but I put a lot of thought into it, but once you put those parameters of exactly what you want, that narrows things down, you know, I wanted to go to a top institution. So off the bat, a lot of schools, you know, are just, you know, that eliminates that from them from that decision. Once you get to Rice, take me through that. Like, you're a freshman. I mean, you're at the next level. Um, 
you're a student athlete now, you know, we say student athlete, but we also know our coaches and athletics, like they really want to win. Right. So yeah. how was that for you, that transition? Yeah, it was a, it was a huge transition for me. Like not only am I taking a level up academically and athletically, I'm also, you know, moving halfway across the country from San Diego, California to Houston, Texas, and just being independent, you know, in a way that I hadn't before, you know, there's a lot of things that are going on, you know, you're around a whole new social group. So there's a lot of changes happening at once. So it's hard to isolate, you know, one specific change, but I think, um, yeah, you know, it's definitely a learning process. I remember I, I went into it open, open to the experience and you know, I knew that I was going into something different that I hadn't before, but I was like, you know what, let me just, I'm just going to work hard, you know, and stay true to who I know I am, stay true to my roots. And I have a very supportive family, you know, and I just, I just kind of embraced it for what it was. And you just seem like you just jumped in and got involved. You know, um, you're the president of a black leadership, uh, black male leadership <laughs> initiative. Yeah. Tell me about that. How did that happen? So that happened uh, more so towards my junior year, uh, junior, senior year, where I started getting a lot more involved on campus. Um, I was semi-involved earlier on um, as a sophomore. But I never really took it too seriously, and it wasn't until my junior year a position opened up on the executive board, and, you know, one of my mentors on campus, William Edmond, kind of pushed me to take on that role. And as I did that, you know, I was in charge of planning events and organizing people getting together, and I realized I kind of had a knack for this thing, thinking about the big picture, planning it out, doing the steps, and involved leadership, and I was able to really use some of these other skills that I've had um, that hadn't been involved in a leadership position before. And so it was able to really, it was one of those moments where I could, I saw myself bigger than I had before. It's sort of how, when I talked to my coach um, and I just saw that, you know, like, Hey, like, I kind of like this thing. I like this uh, organizing. I like getting people together and I have certain skills that, you know, help me be a better leader. And so that was, that was kind of how I got involved. And then the next year, you know, they voted for me to become president. I ran for vice president. I didn't think I was going to have, um, have time <laughs> to, yeah. to try to do it full time, but they kind of um, pushed me to be president and, you know, and they said, yeah, you know, we'll support you. And so that was, that was big for me, you know, to show that they, uh, I had their support like that. Yeah. That seems impressive. I mean, was that like a defining moment for you? Like, I, I mean, I'm thinking I'm hearing you talk about eighth grade, all of a sudden someone tells you something and it, it puts a thought in your head and, and here you are, uh, you know, as a sophomore and, and you, you're in this black leadership initiative. And then all of a sudden you're you're running for vice president, and then, um, and and now and then you you're president. So was that was that like something that you just again be, you know stepped into awareness? Like I have these skills. You mentioned you have these skills. Uh -huh. What was that? What what were those skills that you had awareness on that you you wanted to take to you know as, as you said into a bigger arena? Yeah. So. Um just communication skills, dealing with people. You know, I study psychology, and so I learned about how people are in organizations. I learned how to mo what, what motivates people and things like that. I'm very perceptive to people in that sense, but then I'm, I realize my brain, I'm, I'm pretty creative, and so I like dealing with the big picture. So when you think about an organization, you know, you're thinking about all the different parts, how they work together, who are the people in it, and I, I enjoy thinking about things at that level, and so this is a a place for me to do that. But I've always been in, interested in leadership and things like that. Like I read a lot of books. That's something that I uh, 
I started reading more for pleasure once I got to college, and that's the way that I've grown a lot. And so I'm learning all these things about psychology, and I'm learning all these things in these books about leadership and about uh, power and about all these different things. And then, so this just provided an outlet for me to use some of the knowledge. You know, it's fun, it's entertaining to learn these things, but they're really only good for what you can do for them and and how they can make you more effective. And so this just gave me, um, just put me in a position to utilize some of those things. And it's definitely been a growing process and I'm continuing to develop, but looking back, even from when I first started this year, I can see a lot of ways that I've developed uh, those aspects of myself. And so that brings us kind of to an issue of culture and stereotypes and sports and school. Um, You know, can you shed some insight into the cultural experiences? Yeah. So, I mean, it's nothing new, really. You know, all the schools that I've gone to have been primarily there. I went to private schools, so they've been primarily white and primarily higher socioeconomic status. And so a lot of times there's undertones behind certain comments that, you know, you only hear because of, you know, you play you play a sport and things like that. And, and all student athletes are stereotyped to some degree, but I think that schools, uh, sports specifically like football and basketball, you get different ones because, you know, the when you think of the average, you know, college football player or college basketball player, you know, you're thinking of black male and there's certain stereotypes. So they're, they might assume that you're less intelligent, you know, to get mm-hmm. in school or you got in here easily because you took this route. And, you know, that's unfortunate. Some people think like that. Not everyone thinks like that, though. And I use that as a fuel. You know, I've always prioritized my academics. And part of that, I don't want anybody to be able to say that. You know, I'm going to make sure that I'm I'm crushing it in the classroom as well so that no one could, you know, hold that over my head and feel like, you know, I'm not supposed to be here. And have you run into that, those microaggressions? Hmm. I think now I just have more perspective on it. Um I think that I've always known who I am, you know, and what other people say about me doesn't define doesn't define me. And so just using that as a positive, you know. So if someone's going to say that, then that just means, you know, I'm just going to go that much harder to make, you know, make sure they can't say that. And I think well, and that's been the minority of the cases. Like, people who know me know what I'm about. You know I mean? They know that I'm also very academically inclined. But but I, 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 have, a, I have a problem with people saying to other people who, even if they aren't, um, like that either because you know i've done some um research in psychology about stereotype threat and the detriment of you know going into certain spaces and being aware of those stereotypes can actually hinder your performance even more and so i've um i've just been more aware you know as i've gotten older of what the actual detriments are and how to combat that you know thinking about yourself and thinking about what are your strengths and and really knowing who you are really helps prevent a lot of that you know just kind of rolls off your back and and at the same time, a lot of times being a student athlete, I've found that it's met with admiration. People are like, you know what? <laughs> it's hard enough for me to be in this school and you got all you got a full time job on the side and it's met with admiration. So a lot of times it's there are those cases where there's microaggressions or it's overt, but don't pay any mind to those and I just focus on the people who are, you know, who have that admiration, who are supporting me. And does that change on the court as in the classroom? I mean, do do you feel the difference? when you step on the court as to maybe how you're perceived or how you looked at or, or even encountering, you know, those microaggressions as opposed to when you're walking on campus or when you're in the classroom? Um, not in that sense. Cause w- when you go on the, in the basketball court, it, it's a completely different world. You know, the things that are valued in the academic realm are different from the things that are valued in a locker room or on the court. And so it's, 
it's like you're in two different worlds in the same day. Mm. So sometimes it's kind of, it's not shocking. It's just, it's just very apparent the difference, you know, going from class and then going into, you know, a, a very active and loud and aggressive um, arena that's basketball, in which I love it. And I love both, both areas. And I get to, I feel like I get to exercise different parts of my personality and different parts of who I am, you know, in a given day, depending on, you know, what I have to do that day. So I think, I think there's a, there's an art to it, you know, just learning how to operate in different worlds. It's really interesting as you're, as I'm hearing you talk on that, because when you step on the court, you're, I mean, it's a, it, you're, you're right. It's a completely different world. It's another mindset. It's, it's, it's really nothing, you know, nothing like the classroom or, or on the campus. Right. I mean, it's, it's, and then you have to, you have to kind of, I don't know. I mean, do you code switch? Do you switch or, or you, like you said, you have to kind of be able to navigate your personality a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I see it as a positive in the skill because the way that the world is, the world is becoming more and more diverse, especially this country. So you're going to have to be able to interact and get along and work with a, wide variety of people and so yeah there's definitely code switching um for sure but i think i think that's part of just being human just adapting to different situations i think there's a difference between um changing who you are changing your character and your values on the given situation like that's different than you know maybe exercising different parts of your personality like maybe being more aggressive or being more assertive when you're on the court and then being more respectful, polite when you're in a classroom and stuff like that. I think those are two different things. I'm still the same person. I'm just, I'm just uh, expressing different aspects of myself that's called for the situation. So it's part of it's being flexible and then part of it's, you know, staying true to who you are and the character and you got to know yourself and you got to know what the difference is. I think that's an excellent point you're making there is that you're sticking true to your core values. You're just, you're just changing the way you're uh, interacting and communicating depending on upon the environment. So tell me how this fits into, uh, you know, your black leadership uh, initiative that you're the president of what do you, the sports come into involved in that, or is this more uh, on campus uh, kind of a student related uh, initiative? Yeah. So I, I think it's involved because, um, our mission with the Black Male Leadership Initiative is to foster a sense of community on Rice Campus through the vehicle of leadership, mentorship, and service. And so when you think about who are the Black people, the Black men on campus, you know, a lot of, a large portion of us are athletes. And athletes in general tend to be a little bit less engaged on campus. Part of that's due to this divide between students and student-athletes. We even call them regular students. That language is kind of a parent of the divide. And so our, our part of our age is our, part of our aim and my goal specifically being a student athlete president is to engage the student athlete body. So we actually have um, a student athlete representative on our executive board. And, you know, I brought in one of my teammates to do that specifically to target student athletes because we can feel isolated on this campus. Like we're not one here. We don't belong here. Part of that is a, like a racial divide. You know, some people come from different backgrounds where this is a culture shock. And then some people just, you know, maybe, aren't engaged on rice because of other reasons. And so that's, that's definitely a goal. And that comes into, you know, when I'm thinking about what we're doing, what events we're throwing, I'm keeping the student athlete population in mind because a lot of times we're discarded or not counted as, you know, regular students or full students. And I want people to have that full experience. Yeah. I want to know more about that because I think it's a really good point And I think it, it, it cross all, crosses all races, but like then you start to get into more of a minority race, like black, Hispanic, what have you, and then maybe it's even seen even more, 
you know, I mean, because as a student athlete, it's already a little bit of a divide, right? And then, as you said, once you hit into kind of a racial divide, it almost seems like it's magnified even more. Would you say that? Yeah, yeah, I'd say that's true. And, I, and I'd say that a large part of the athletic stigma is driven by race. So you see sports like football and basketball that are predominantly black have certain stereotypes that have to do with um, intelligence or academic ability. But you might see uh, the golf team or the tennis team that's traditionally white or international, and they don't have those same stereotypes, and they mm-hmm. seem to be more integrated on campus. They're both student athletes. They both, we both have crazy schedules. So the only difference mainly is, um, you know, the, um, the racial, I guess, divide of that team. So I think that definitely, like, definitely being a student athlete and having conflicting schedules contributes to it. But the fact that you see it disproportionately among basketball and football, I think points to a lot of it being driven by race as well. So what's the, how do you break that wall? Like, I mean, I know, I mean, this is amazing what you're doing uh-huh. here um, and, and what you're engaged in. And so you're looking through that lens of how do I how do I break this down? But how do I break it down even more for uh, you know the black athletes or black you know students on this campus? Yeah. What, what, what's the drive? How, how do you do that? Yeah, great question. I think for me, what it was was um, once I got that role, that just showed me a way to get more engaged on campus, and that brought me community. Because a lot of times I'm just in I'm just in practice homework dorm or back home and then repeat and you could just not see people so getting involved with the organization one just exposed me to more people and you just make friends off that but then also seeing that hey i'm developing some skills i'm moving in a certain direction that also kind of expands your own view of yourself and you want to get more engaged in that and you want to do more things and so when i did that i also got involved with what's called the door institute for new leaders and i became a student athlete academic advisor I became, I sat on the board of the Student Athlete Advisory Committee, SAT. And so um, that kind of opened my door to being a lot more engaged on campus. I networked, I knew more people. And so I could walk around and I'll run into people I know. And so I feel more at home now. I feel more like I'm part of the university. And so just getting engaged with something on campus helps with that feeling of belonging, right? And so that's part of it. That's, that's definitely a big, plays a big part of it. And so that's what I try to do is copy that model. You know, you get student athletes, you give them some responsibility, give them a part of a project, and as a result, you know, they build relationships, they're showing up, they're seeing things, and hopefully they're growing um, as leaders and as, as men in the process. That's amazing. So what's the interest, what's the engagement look like? I mean, like, you, your point is, you know, spot on. You want to engage athletes and, and, and male black athletes well, I'm, I'm sure female as well, but like you want to engage athletes into uh, a feeling like a part of the campus, feeling engaged, not feeling isolated, uh, yeah. showing them different perspectives. What, what does that look like? Is it is it um, social functions or ha- what, what does that look like? Yeah, so we we are our mission is we create a sense of community um, on rise to the lens of leadership, mentorship and service. And so all of our things are according to those three pillars. Right. So and then we, we do have social events as well. So one of the things I organized this year with student athletes in mind is we, we hired a whole bunch of bar- barbers to come on a random Sunday and just give everyone free cuts on our diet. And so it likes to look fresh. And we know that a lot of the athletes, including myself, go to the certain barber. And so we brought a whole bunch of barbers from that shop. We had food, 
had people come. Then we had a photo shoot called Black Boy Joy that we do every year where everyone dresses up nice in suits and we get professional pictures and we get to post them on LinkedIn to have a professional profile and everything. So we're doing those things that are going to help, you know, as a, as a professional, putting your image out there, looking good, but then also you're creating community at, at the same time. You know, we got music playing, we're in the barbershop, um, we're eating food and stuff like that. And so we're coming together at the same time. But that brought a lot of student athletes out who don't come to other events like that. And so, you know, when you keep in mind the, you know, the football schedule, the basketball schedule, um, all the other sports, when, they're, when their games are on, you plan it when they're going to be in town. And that's another thing, too, just accounting for it. So that's how you get a lot of the student athletes. And then we also have things where we uh, mentor every Friday. There's an elementary school called Longfellow, and we mentor a lot of the kids there. So we'll go there and we'll, we'll, we'll have maybe a lesson in mind. We'll talk to it about them. We'll go play basketball on the court. This is not just uh, the athletes. This is everyone. But we'll mm. go play basketball with them. We'll go play with them and stuff like that. It means a lot for them to have us, you know, being there and talking to them, encouraging them, and then seeing, you know, kind of that opening your mind, like, hey, you can be in this position too. And, you know, it's, it's mainly young black kids at the school. So yeah, I think they, they're able to see themselves in us in this position. And hopefully that has a paradigm shift where they see, you know, hey, this is attainable for me too if I stay on this path. So. And that's another. And then we do service projects, so we try to do things in the community. We're planning some stuff right now to go feed the homeless. And so, while you're aiming at something, and when you have a goal in mind, that forces you to come together more. So it's one thing to try to meet just for the sake of community, but what I found um, is that it's more productive to bring people together for an aim, and that aim is to better the community, better ourselves um, at the same time, and then pay it forward to the next generation of being mentors. And that's that's been a successful model so far. That's something you you want on every campus. On and is this something that's happening on on universities across the country? There are black male leadership initiatives um, at different universities. We're not part of the larger chapter. We're our own thing. We're independent. So I'm not sure what their model is and what their mission is. This is kind of my vision. As I became president, I saw how I got involved and I saw what it did for me as student athlete. And I and I want to replicate that not just for student athletes but for other. Um, other members of the campus. And so I, I kind of drew up that model and, and we're executing it on it. And, you know, I have the help of a, of the e-board, you know, who are, who are killing it and, you know, making this thing happen. One of the things we're starting to see a lot of, obviously it's in the news and what we're kind of preaching here with, well, you is, um, you know, performance, you know, reaching your target, reaching your potential, but you have to yeah. address the wellness, right? You have to address the mental wellness the mental health, as it applies to sports, and if you can't access that, you can't really access your yep. your uh, potential as an athlete. How does this relate into wellness as a student athlete, as a black student athlete, um, dealing with uh, mental health uh, and what you see on campus and um, uh -huh. the services available, like stepping into services, receiving services, you know, stuff like that? Yeah. So I think, you know, that's, that's just so important. You know, everything starts in the mind. And so even as an athlete, you know the importance of, you know, getting your head right, getting focused before the game. And so that's definitely something that's been a lot more prominent in um, athletics. We even meditate as a team now. We had a guy come in, talk about meditation, what it's good for. You know, and that's not something we had as a freshman when I was a freshman. And so now they're starting that. We meditate before practices, before film and things like that. So you're starting to see that integrated. Specifically as a black athlete, I don't know if I, I necessarily even always think of myself, you know, in that light, but there are definitely, like, differences in, in experience. 
but there, there's some good resources on campus. Uh, I'm involved, like I mentioned, the, with the Door Institute for New Leaders. And what they do is you can get one-on-one coaching from a certified ICF coach, right? And they go in, they give you an assessment, help you identify your strengths um, and areas to improve, and they equip you with strategies. And then they don't tell you what to do. You kind of – they ask you good questions, and they help you figure out, and they help you come up with solutions – not solutions, but strategies and goals and things like that. And that's been amazing for me. I'm now an affiliate, but I did the program, and then now I'm helping to spread those programs specifically to student-athletes and through the Black Male Leadership Initiative to get uh, students of color because we're not really as engaged in those programs, which is typically happens whenever the university does something. There's certain pockets that get missed, and a lot of times those end up being student-athletes or students of color who aren't, aren't as engaged. And so that's what we've been doing. We got a lot of people to sign up, and, um, you know, and hopefully that's, that's making a big difference, you know, getting that self-knowledge of, you know, here's some of my strengths, Here's what I can do, map it out. You know, that just helps as an individual. And you got to realize, you know, you're dealing with these things um, maybe as a student athlete or maybe as an African-American. But overall, you know I mean, most people, when they come to college, they're leaving the home for the first time. They're just kind of trying to figure out who they are. And that's just, those are just two identities and those are just two ways that that factors in, you know, that they need to sort through. And so I think just being able to get some clarity with, you know, where you are, where you want to go is helpful for anyone, not just, students of color or student athletes, but I think that there's definitely a need for it in those populations, especially because there's those added, um, I wouldn't say barriers, but those added elements that you have to deal with. You know, being in the field, what I see is, is like what you're talking about is maybe a lack of services to reach student athletes, to reach certain segments of the population. Um, I, I mean, I know there's services, but like you said, I, I just think that's not, that's not the number one priority or maybe that's not, easily accessible and is that is that what you see and do you see a trend moving in the direction of a greater access to get help and support on campus i'm all for having greater access i think but i think there are a lot of resources but i think it's just um knowledge about it in certain circles because if you're not as engaged on campus you know if i'm if i'm not always in the places where these things are being announced or they're handing out flyers then I'm going to miss certain information. And so it's more so about targeting certain populations directly in your marketing. And so that's what I've been doing as an affiliate. I'll host um, workshops where they can sign up and get information about the programs, but I'll do it in this room where I'm at right now where all the student-athletes go to study, and they have mandatory study hall. So I'll go in that room and share about it, and a lot of them, it's them like, oh, I heard about that before, but I didn't know anything about it, or I've never heard about this before, versus if you're um, – a student who doesn't have certain obligations, you're more likely to be in those circles where that information is being passed around. And so it's not that they're not available. It's just that one, letting them know it's a possibility and that it is there and how to sign up and getting more information about it. And I think a lot of times as a student athlete, you're very protective of your time and your coaches are very protective of your time as well. So whenever it's like, oh, hey, sign up for this, the first thing that goes through your mind is like, yeah, no, I probably got practice and I probably got these things and I already am feeling overwhelmed. Right. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of times there's that pressure to just, you know, really just focus on academics and focus on athletics because you know, that in itself is is no easy task, but I think it's, it's just so beneficial to engage in other things on campus because, you know, as a doing this one-on-one coaching, I've actually become better at my um, management of these things and I've become more effective and that's actually enabled me to take on even more than what I'm doing. So 
but it's just about sharing that message, you know, as a fellow student athlete, as a fellow African-American in the lowest population, like, hey, this thing's out here. I did it. I do it at the same time constraint that you do it. And you're, it's possible for you to do it, you know, and just encouraging people in that. And once they see that, you know, passing that on to the next people. I think, I mean, yeah, I think you're right on to that point. It's like you're, what I hear you saying is extend the hand to us so we know and we can understand and we know what's going on and, and give us an invitation because otherwise we're, we're caught up so much in other obligations and things we have to do. We really want, you know, to be invited. Is that what yeah, you I think? I think, I think that's part of it, but uh, I'm, I'm always on the side of, you know, taking personal responsibility for those mm-hmm. things. But if you don't know it's out there, then you can't do that on yourself. So what I'm what I'm doing, that's why I got involved with DOOR, that's why I got involved with the Black Male Leadership Initiative. It's like, hey, there's people who are in my position who didn't like know that these things were a possibility and didn't see the value in this. So let me go and share that. It's like things are out there, but it's just it's just not connecting. I'm like, let me try to address that, you know. And so that that's kind of my take on it. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Then. So in the circles you're running with and like on the basketball team and like, you know, just, just, you know, what you run into, you, do you see people that are in need or, you know, they want, they want to work on their mental game or they, or they want mental health access, but they don't know where to go. Or they just, you know, if you're on a scholarship, you, you're probably thinking, well, I got to be careful who I talk to about these things. Have you run into that? Have you encountered that? Hmm. Let me think. I think as I think Rice is a different, huh? I definitely so we've been doing these meditations and stuff, and I definitely see some people are receptive to it, and some people are just like you know I I guess that's cool I don't really get it, and so you know there's there's both of that I think that uh, hmm, maybe it's less talked about in those circles you know where if someone were to have you know something that they're going through mentally, maybe they wouldn't talk about it as much. But I think that we've actually, as a team, and maybe it's just the, the personalities that we have, have been open about it, and there's no, there's not really a stigma about certain things. I think that people were, are receptive to that, and I think maybe that's just a sign of the times. Like people are more cognizant of, you know, mental health being a real thing, and you know, people getting help. That's really good to hear. I mean, I think you're right. I think the times have changed. I think there's been an accelerated path through, you know, pro athletes coming out and speaking on a platform to kind of help break down that stereotype and stigma and, you know, universities being receptive to it. Um, and so that's good to hear. I'm glad that's, that's, that's making that, turning the corner on that. Um, yeah. So, you know, going back to basketball here, you know, yeah, man, you're engaged in so much. So how does this relate to basketball? How do you keep your focus on basketball? Is this something you're just able to compartmentalize? And when you step on the court, it, it you know, lace them up and focus. Is that is that your mindset? Yeah, I think it's about um, I think it's about being where your feet are and being strategic, planning ahead. So that's definitely key. You know, knowing when I'm going to be on the court, when I need to be thinking about basketball, and then all the other things that I need to be taking care of, like planning for that and then even planning time to relax, planning time for free time and things like that. And then just whatever you're doing, like once you set the the plan and once you set the schedule and stuff like that, having integrity to that schedule and just being completely engaged in whatever you're doing at the moment. So as soon as I'm out of practice, you know, I give myself 30, 40 minutes and then I schedule, you know, what I have to do when I get home, da 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 and just being all in it. And I think that's been an effective strategy um, thus far. Basketball is such, 
you know, it's been such a big part of your life. It's taken you so far. It's given you so much. What's a defining moment for you in basketball or, or a greatest moment um, that, that you, you, you've kind of stepped into playing basketball? Greatest moment? I'd say, you know, I've, I've had a lot of great moments. You know, I've, I've traveled a lot. So I've been to South Africa when I was in high school with my team. And then since I've been in college, I went to Spain. But when I look back on my basketball career, the things that I think I'm going to be remembered most are the those tough workouts, you know, doing Navy SEAL training, preseason lifts, uh, running 17s, and just going through the grind, you know, with a whole bunch of, with a whole bunch of your guys. You know, those are the things that you're going to look back and be proud of, like, hey, yeah, we did that. So I think um, just the the grind as well as the um, just the different experiences that you have, whether that's traveling or relationships that you build and, and things of that nature. The grind, that really stands out. I think what, what I hear you saying is that grind, that the basketball is giving you that grind. How does that translate into your next level, your next your next chapter? Uh, because it seems like the grind has given you something. You know, you're really proud of that. You you're, you want to be, and you are, remembered by your ability to work hard and your work ethic. How does that translate off the court for you? Oh, yeah, 100%, man. It's just like you got to attack whatever you're going at. You know, you got to be able to sacrifice some of yourself for the sake of the the team for the sake of the greater goal. So whether that's being the president of the Black Male Leadership Initiative, maybe sometimes I want things to be run a certain way, but if that's not going to encompass all of our members and be in everyone's best interest, and sometimes I have to sacrifice my own selfish desire for how I want to control it, right? And in the same way, you know, if I'm on a team, I can't just shoot every shot. I got to be mindful of who's hot right now. You know, I got to be mindful of what my role is and embracing that role. Maybe I'm not, you know, the leading scorer. Maybe I'm not the leading whatever it is, but not being bitter about it, not being resentful about it, but just, hey, embrace my role, take responsibility. Hey, I didn't prove to coach that maybe I have, that I deserve this kind of role or be the guy, then, you know, where am I right now? How can I maximize this role? How can I be the best teammate as possible? So that kind of mentality is transferable to anything I'm going to be doing. Um, and then just like different ways of looking at the world, I think that you get from being an athlete, like just um, realizing that mindset, your mindset separates the average from the good and the good from the great. Um, just how you deal with adversity, how you view adversity, like adversity is your friend, you know, because in order to grow, you have to go through some kind of challenge, right? And so one of the, my mantras that I've made up in my time being a college athlete is bake or burn. And mm -hmm. so you bake or burn. So like at some point you're going to hit that adversity and I call that the fire. And so you got to decide, is that fire going to bake you? Is it going to make you into something greater than what you were before? Or is it going to burn you? And the difference is how you go into it, right? So whether it's conditioning, you know, we have this thing called the Versa Climber, and it's like, <laughs> it's a torture oh, machine. But I know tough, that right? Yeah. Exactly. So you know, if you know what the Versa Climber is, everyone reacts that way. And so we have it, you know, they put it on your schedule, you, oh, you got Versa today. It's like, you know, that could, <laughs> that could ruin your whole week. It could ruin your whole day. Or you could be like, you know what? hey, it's going to be tough, but I'm going to embrace it because it's going to give me where I need to go. Then you're going to bake. But the people who are like, dang, man, dread it the whole time, it's 10 times worse when you do it and you don't have that breakthrough. And so that's, that's why I say bake or burn. So whenever I'm in those moments, whether on the court, whether it's the versa climber or whether I'm studying, I'm like, shoot, I'm in the fire. This is the adversity. Am I going to bake or am I going to burn? Is this going to be the thing that's going to propel me to where I want to go or is it going to be the thing that stops me? I love that's, it. Yeah, I'd say my last mantra is um, next play. That's a big thing on, on our team. Um, Baker Burn was kind of more my personal thing, but as a team, we always say next play mentality. 
So no matter what, especially basketball, it's a fast-paced game. So if you dunk the ball off your foot, shoot an air ball, or you dunk on somebody, no matter what, you got to get back down and play D. Or, you know, you get scored on, you got to go back down and play A, play offense. And you have a scheme that you have to keep in mind. So that's how life is. You know, sometimes you have setbacks, but every other part of your life keeps going. And you can't just stop. You can't let one mistake become two, become three, become four. You got to stay locked in, have a next play mentality. But then at the same time, after the game's over, you got film. And so that, for me, that's about reflecting. So whether that's on the court, watching your film, see what you did wrong, correct it. And in my mind, reflecting, I journal a lot, thinking about, you know, what went right, what went wrong, how can I improve? For me, that's watching film on my life. And I think that's been a catalyst for my own personal development off the court. And then fill in the same way that film helps an athlete uh, develop on the court. So just certain mindsets and certain approaches to things, I think that I've learned from athletics has uh, changed the way that I view things off the court and has propelled me, you know, to uh, achieve some of the things that I have and, and plan to in the future. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, I, as I'm hearing you talk and I'm like everyone listening, it's just your sense of awareness perspective are like, definitely highly tuned it's, you've definitely tapped into something that's that's really going to carry you for a long long real rest of your life uh you know and that was my next question was going to be you know what 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 aspect of sports and, and even in school but mostly sports has has been the gr- biggest growing experience for you and, and as i hear you talk it's obvious to me your your sense of awareness and perspective are 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 the are the things? Would, would you agree with that, or is there something else that you would you would add to that? Yeah, first of all, thank you. I appreciate that. That's a huge compliment. Um, I'd also say, as far as my biggest challenges, you know, like I'm gonna be honest, like my basketball career in college didn't go how I expected it. You know, how I planned. Mm-hmm. I never was able to break through that wall of you know becoming a starter or a main contributor. And you know, sometimes there'd be games where I, I wouldn't play, and that was that's hard. For, that was hard for me, and you know, it's still hard for me sometimes. You know, and I found myself at times feeling angry or maybe even resentful. I had to push past that because, you know, that's not who I am. And I'm thinking, you know, how am I going to deal with this? You know, everybody has a failure. And I say that in quotes in their life, but a true test of a person's character is like how they do when they're faced with that, when they're faced with that adversity. That's where I came from, Baker Byrne. You know, am I going to use this as an experience to make me better or is this going to crush me and make me be resentful and blame, right? So I could easily say, you know, oh, the coach that recruited me my freshman year left and everyone transferred and all these different things. Or, you know, hey, I just decided to focus on academics and said screw basketball. But, you know, like making an excuse like that, which people are so eager to give you an excuse to take, but you can't do that. It's poison. If you, as soon as you take an excuse and accept an excuse, you also forfeit all power you have to change your situation. So instead, I'm thinking, you know what, maybe my role isn't starter maybe my role isn't this but what can I be how can I be the best teammate how can I affect the game and I realized that I can have an impact on the game just by bringing energy by encouraging the guy who is in there but his head's not in the right place right and by coming to practice every day working my butt off you know and bringing energy and and being uh being very aware and one of my skills I think is I'm perceptive and so being aware of the team culture in the locker room what are people talking about and making sure things are positive people are staying together and things like that which I've seen a real impact and my coaches have even shared that they see you know what I'm doing kind of behind the scenes and and whatnot so there's different ways to lead even if you're not necessarily the star player and so that's part of the ways that I've grown uh strength of character but then I also realized you know that forced me to develop different parts of myself you know for the for the lion's share of my life my main identity was basketball player and not just in myself but like if I walk down the street 
or if I go to the store, you know, I'm six foot eight. And I'm an athletic, built like an athlete. So they're like, oh, yeah, you play basketball. And so that's, that's been my identity, self-imposed, but then also imposed by society and whatnot. So um, it forced me to develop other parts of myself and really think, you know, hey, what else am I interested in? What else am I good at? Not in the sense that I gave up on basketball ever, but it just, you know, you weren't getting that same return from being a basketball player, star basketball, that notoriety, whatever it is that, you know, that 18-year-old, 19-year-old, 20-year-old Tim was chasing, but it forced me to develop different parts of myself that I'm very proud of now, That I've, and it forced me to be very reflective and think about think about certain things that I think I might not have otherwise thought about, and so I'm very proud of where I'm headed now, and that forced me in the trajectory that I'm on now, and now I honestly have dreams that are that are bigger to me than the NBA, and I think are more fulfilling than a career in the NBA would be, and like that's how I, I solidly feel like that. I think that my mission is to empower people to live fuller lives. And I want to do that on a, in a variety of different ways. And I think that, you know, honestly, like NBA career would be amazing. But I'm realizing, you know, that I don't think that would be deeply satisfying for me um, in a way that things that I'm headed towards right now. And so just coming to that conclusion um, really, you know, gives me some peace and allows me to look at this basketball experience, even though it didn't go 100% how I wanted it. I'm, I can look back at it and be grateful and still be proud that, hey, I gave it my all, you know. And that's something that I think I'll carry, I'll carry with me forever. Yeah, that's – you can put a stamp on that right now. Um, I mean, there's just so much rich content there, you know, like what you're talking about. There's so much thought that obviously shines through when you speak. You've done so much of uh, your body of work, your inner body of work, uh, and your awareness. I don't – you know, not everybody has that. I mean, wh- what – if you could, if you could share something, share something to others that maybe, maybe they they can tap into that. I mean, what what is it, or or what snapped for you that helped? Was that just something you've always had, or was there something that like allowed you to kind of dive into this this body of work that you created for yourself with this ability to have this lens and perception and be able to look at adversity and switch it. Um, is there anything that you would share that, that stood out the most that helped you gain that for other people? Uh, once again, man, I appreciate that as well. Um, I think, you know, honestly, you know, a lot of it is the, the grace of God. You know, I, I have parents that are amazing. They, uh, they invested in me. You know, they, you know, they <laughs> disciplined in me a lot of these values. Um, I've been blessed to have people who have poured into me, you know, without me even like asking or pursuing that. And I think that I'm just, I've been a curious person and I've been allowed to explore that curiosity. And as a result, um, I've been able to pursue things like I picked up reading and that, that has been a catalyst for my growth as well and certain experiences that I've had. Um, and then learning from making a lot of mistakes, but just being reflective. I'm a very introspective person. I can be extroverted, but I think at heart, I am an introvert and I tend to think a lot. And so when you think a lot about things and you're also curious about learning, you know, my interest in psychology, I think it's equipped me with certain tools that are able, allow me to kind of work out some of these flaws that I have and being real with myself. Um, a lot of the developments that I have had were the result of me making, you know, dumb mistakes or the result of me just being brutally honest with myself, which is very uncomfortable, but then deciding to take responsibility to do something about it. And by no means am I, you know, even close to a finished product, you know, I feel like I'm, my best years are, you know, well ahead of me. Tim, you shared so much. And when you just ended on that, that 
that piece right there, what you were talking about, I, I, I mean, I hear curiosity and reflection, you know, and for listeners out there, I think that's a great, that's a great piece to kind of carry with, you know, uh, with you is, um, or people trying to step into some of what you've been able to access is, is be curious and be reflective. And if you do that, you, you have a good shot at really being able to kind of, you know, correct your path or step into the things you want to step into them the way you want to do it. Um, and you have yeah, to let your environment shift or shape you in a way that you don't want, you know, and we call that control the controllables, meaning that you, yep. you know, in hearing everything you said today, you haven't let the environment dictate your life. You've dictated your life. And that's uh, exactly what you were saying. I think um, overall, like be intentional. It's so easy um, nowadays, and especially for young people, to just go with the flow, and you can go years without deciding to live on purpose, you know, deciding what you really want. And so I think just I just challenge people, especially young people, to just take some time to think. You know, you know, we wake up first thing we do, and I'm guilty of this too. I'm nobody like criticizing my generation or anything, but wake up, check your phone, you know, drive, play music, go to class, whatever it is you're doing, and you can go a whole day not even having a thought to yourself, you know? And so I challenge people to just take time to think about your life, think about what you want, think about what's really driving your motives. You know, do you really want the material thing or is there an emotion that you're trying to achieve underneath that? And when you find out what that emotion is, you feel like you realize there's many avenues to get that, not just that material thing. And that's just a better recipe because there's more possibilities that can make you happy in a deep way. And I think just a lot of that comes from just like, trial and error, being reflective, but you have to allow your time that space to think about these kind of things, you know, but it's so easy to just get busy or just distract yourself and entertain yourself because that's how this world is set up right now. So I just challenge people to be uh, be intentional, be authentic, stay curious, and keep growing. Keep growing. I mean, I think there's so much, and there's so much more. I mean, I, I think you could go on for another hour and tell us more information <laughs> about... Yeah, I'm actually... I'm actually working on a book right now. That's something that, that's been a, a new goal of mine. I'm trying to, one, it's me figuring out things for myself, but doing it in a way that maybe other people could benefit from some of the mistakes that I've made, some of the things that I've learned, some of the knowledge I've been, to expose, been exposed to through reading and through school and putting it in a format that people could um, could also uh, get those things and, as well. So that's, I'm working on that. And uh, as amazing as that is, you also, I think, do a little rapping. Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. I do. A, I rap and I do spoken word. So we're gonna have to get some of those hooks so we can put it on on the on the podcast here, if you don't mind. <laughs> For sure, man. Okay, so Tim, Tim, this has been an honor. I mean, I was not expecting to have so much knowledge dropped on me, um, and and there's so much insight, so much for other people to hear and listen to and take from. So. We're very appreciative for for you taking the time here, and I definitely want to know and keep keep tabs on on what's next for you. So I'll, I'll be reaching out to you later to see how things are going. And yeah, uh, no, thank you, thank you for uh, thank you for having me, man. And I I really support um, everything that you guys are doing, everything you guys have been doing. So I'm I'm, I'm happy to come go on my little rant real quick if that helps y'all out. You know. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, we, we, well, we're going to learn something from when we, we look at this and play it back. I'm going to have to take some notes on this. So, uh, again, again, uh, much props for you and, and everything, you, your success. And, 
you know, I wish you the best for, for things moving forward. I know you're a senior and, and uh, we'll be talking soon. Uh, I'll have to go uh, we'll get off. I'll, I'll get some of those hooks for you so we can put that on the, on the podcast. All right, for sure, man. All right, Tim. Thanks again. I right, appreciate it. Peace. All right, peace. We were super appreciative to have Tim Harrison share his story with us. If you'd like to reach out or follow Tim, you can find him on Instagram at Tim underscore Harrison 35, or you can find Tim Harrison on LinkedIn and on the SoundCloud where you can hear his song in the rough. If you wanted to reach out to Tim by email, his email is timharrison2016 at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Wow, Ami, what a great interview. I was so excited by that hook that he that he shared with us, that track, In the Rough. Um, such a talented individual and with so much knowledge about student-athletes as well as just being grounded in himself. What'd you think? Yeah, I mean, it's like when Tim shared that uh, track with me, I was like, okay, let's see what's going on here. And then as soon as I started hearing it, I was like, wow. Like, I mean, it's like... It's like a song that I would put on my playlist. And I was just kind of like, I was a little bit shocked by that, to be honest. I wasn't expecting that. And now I'm kind of finding myself listening to it here and there. So, I mean, it's it's pretty amazing. And it's just it's like one of these talents that he has, aside from being an athlete and an academic, you know, um, you know, a high academic achieving athlete, it was just like, okay, now he also raps and has really good songs. <laughs> yeah, so we'll play that again at the end of this Mental Coach Debrief. But I picked up a lot of things from Tim's story, and one being the community involvement that he's immersed himself in and really in, embraced in terms of different parts of his his culture and his his uh, makeup. And I think it's a great way to highlight the importance of outlets for student athletes and and how it can be such a positive impact on your performance as well as just balance in your life. Yeah, I mean, you know, hearing him talk, it was just so obvious that like he just hit the ground running when he got on the campus. And it was just like, you know, he's an athlete and he, he was aware that he's here to play basketball and be a student, but he took it way further than that and uh, really made it a point to reach his hand into the, the, the school atmosphere and culture and make sure that other people knew and were aware of resources and, and different avenues to get support and help and to be involved. I mean, that, that was a big message I heard from him is he wanted to engage people and, and not just student athletes, but like all students um, on all levels and his leadership qualities really shine through um, from all the things that he does. Yes, not just be involved, but be a leader and lead initiatives, lead on campus groups be a catalyst for growth and change within the student body and it, it sounds like he's not only doing that within the black leader uh, student athlete group that he's heading but also just expanding that to seeking more growth through the doer leadership group and all the access to certified coaches um, it, it's just amazing to hear yeah I mean it, it's really it's really a good um thing to be talking about and it's it's really important he highlights the importance of this whole aspect of self-awareness and personal growth and development um as a, as a student as an athlete as 
as just an individual. Um, and it shows when you step into really understanding the parts of yourself that uh, really help ground you, you can, you know, really make sure you do the things you need to do in life or whatever setting you are to, to be able to perform, whether it's your job or whether you're an athlete. Uh, and without that understanding of awareness or, or understanding of, of where you perform best, it, it kind of makes it hard to do the things you need to do to get to that area of optimal performance. He has also put some structure around the things that he's become aware of and taken into account some of the mental aspects of performance. One of which we highlighted with his mantra, Baker Burn. And I love that analogy of adversity just being fire and how he's going to respond in that fire, whether it's going to bake something greater than what he's already doing or if it's going to burn him. And yeah. he also talked about practicing mindfulness and meditation with his team. And there's a lot of nuggets there that's just really useful for a lot of other people to hear. Yeah, on that note, Brian, and just to kind of end out on that, I mean, it's like, you know, when when he was talking, you know, we, you and I do a lot of this mental performance coaching and, uh, you know, I, I see a lot of clients on the mental health aspect as well. And the way he was speaking, it's like he has already reached a lot of the things we talk about in certain ways, you know, like using mantra statements, using cue statements, um, being able to, you know, deal with diversity as, and, and through how you look at it, like what perspective you take on it. Yeah, I just, I just thought it was amazing. Well, thanks again for doing the interview. You get another chance to hear this awesome track that Tim Harrison created in the rough. So here you go. Thanks for listening. All right. Take care. If you have a desire to be great in what you do and a keen interest in the mental aspects of performance, then you're in the right place. Well You Mental Training seeks to push the edge of the mental game through evidence-based practices and stories from athletes similar to the one you're listening to today. Your collaboration matters as part of this process, so please head over to iTunes and leave us a review with your honest feedback on the podcast. We'd love to hear what you have to say. If you are as excited about the mental training stories you're hearing as we are, please share this podcast with your friends, family, and teammates too. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WellUApp. That's W-E-L-L-U-A-P-P. And learn more about the work our mental coaches are doing through LinkedIn and Facebook. California dreaming the goals I plan on achieving Royalties in my pedigree Best believe you'll see me succeeding I started driving the tourists But soon I'll be in Tesla's and Beamers I'm restless and eager I know where I'm headed I'm not just happy to be here Now I gotta get it I got a vision I see it clearer than television Got tunnel vision I'm on a mission And getting rid of anything That gets in between me and my dreams So any negativity from enemies Is really working with me like synergy Cause I'm taking what they're giving me Changing hate and the energy is chemistry But I don't let it get to me mentally See, I'm quarantined from their disease And I'm leaving them speechless An anomaly for the non-believers Like Thomas, who had to touch Jesus In order to believe him So when you hear me in your speakers Know I'm real because you feel me, yeah 
I stop clocking in, I wake up and get right to it Fell in love with the music, Beethoven wave, Cupid Why they mad at the facts? Cause these stats say they losing But ain't nobody perfect, always room for improvement So we working day and night Until my whole team right, yeah I said they just see the lights we doing better under pressure, seeing diamonds in the sky, we in the rough. I'm feeling confident, knocking to a compliment. My competition is incompetent. I'm trying to get million dollar profits. I'm plotting it like I'm pop a bitch. Started at the bottom, but best believe I'ma make it big. Ever since an infant, I was destined to get it. I'm going hard every second of every minute. I'll rest when I'm finished, I'll never quit it or giving it's a given. I'm on a mission to reach my potential, yeah. I'm underground like miners, but I'm bound to make it major I've got a gym inside me, I was made for something greater So I'm searching for my purpose huh. Cause the diamond under dirt is worthless Barely scratching my surface I'm in the rough, far from perfect, but certain I'm gonna make it Willing to pay the price, no matter how high the payment They say the worst mistake is being too afraid to make one So when I get my shot, I'ma take it uh. I stop clocking in, I wake up and get right to it Fell in love with the music, Beethoven, Wave, Cupid Why they mad at the facts? Cause these stats say they losing But ain't nobody perfect, always room for improvement So we working day and night Until my whole team right, yeah Yeah, they just see the lights We doing better under pressure Seeing diamonds in the sky, we in the rough, oh